You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 479 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live here on this Sunday evening back in the home studio. I apologize first and foremost for my voice. I have been struggling with some sickness for about the last week or so, so I know I'm not 100%, so please forgive the lack of tone quality, but hopefully we'll trade that off with the improved quality of being back at home instead of in the arena on this fine evening. And there was a lot to talk about, honestly. On the heels of what actually became a streak-busting win for the Hawks, a 124 to 123 victory over the Charlotte Hornets. We will spend some time here before we get to the actual game itself on uh, some news that actually hit before the game started, and that is that the Hawks made a starting lineup change. Uh, Lloyd Pierce, for those of you who might be unfamiliar with sort of the process before games, about an hour and 45 minutes before tip-off. Lloyd Pierce uh, holds a pregame availability um, with, with the media and talks about you know whatever comes up. It's not always that exciting. Frankly, given the fact that um, you know, oftentimes teams will have shootarounds before that and have some of the questions answered there, and it can often be, often be a pretty boring experience in a lot of ways. But uh, on this on this fine evening, there was a bit of a headliner uh, came out. Uh, Pierce came out right away and it actually announced the starting lineup, which he doesn't always do or really even regularly do. And uh, he immediately said that it was going to be Trey Young, Torian Prince, John Collins, Dwayne Dedman, and a newcomer in Kevin Herter. Uh, to which I actually was the one that uh, followed up immediately and asked if Kent Bazemore was going to be available in the game, considering he had the uh, injury concerns. He left the game on Friday with an ankle injury, but uh, Pierce uh, immediately said that uh, Bazemore was actually going to be healthy and just coming off the bench in this game. Uh, it would have been the first time, and it actually ended up being the first time that Bays came off the bench since April 2017. Um, he was actually informed of that on Saturday by Lloyd Pierce. He actually told the media that, and uh, he declined to give a timetable for how long that change is going to be happening, but definitely did not seem like a one-game thing either before or after the game. I think Pierce is definitely looking like this is going to be a long-term move. Just how long-term depends on uh, how, how it fares, I'd imagine. But given the results here, it probably will not be one game, and we'll see how that uh, moves on moving forward. Um, but a lot of questions about this. Uh, Pierce did say that he's just looking for combinations that work together, honestly. He stressed a lot of times, I would say over and over again, both before and after the game, that Bazemore handled everything in a, in a very professional way. That's something that I would always say about Bazemore is he's a leader. Um, you know, this this season there's been a lot of talk about, about Vince Carter considering Vince's age and sort of the heft that he brings to the table as a future Hall of Famer. With that said, Bazemore was the leader of the team last year. I think still is a leader on the team to be sure, and he's taking this thing clearly in stride with the way he played here. And even before that, uh, no reason to think, think that he wouldn't take this uh, this maneuver in stride. Uh, just as from that's sort of what actually happened. Now I'll insert my opinion and my analysis into the mix here. I personally would have moved Torian Prince uh, out of the lineup before Kate Bazemore. I will say, just that's just my opinion based based on their play. I think Bazemore is a better player right now. That's that's one thing to say, to, to consider. I will I, I do think though that there's something to be said for the fact that Bazemore would have just handled this um, kind of thing better. That's not a shot at Prince necessarily. It's just one of those things where Bazemore is just someone who. I think it's set up to handle this very well. Pierce was, again, not very shy in talking about how baseball leadership and his professionalism uh, were very important to him. In this case, he's a vet. Um, and Bazemore, uh, Prince talked about the fact that, um, sorry, Pierce talked about the fact that the Bazemore's been in a lot of situations in his career. Bazemore was um, an undrafted guy that came out of uh, came out of nowhere, honestly, and was a bit player in Golden State and Los Angeles and sort of worked his way up. Even in Atlanta, was a bench player when he arrived, et cetera, et cetera. So he's sort of been through a lot of stuff. 
Um, with that said, I think that, um, you know, with Prince, it's, it, it's, it's more a situation where I'm not sure he would handle it as well. I'm not sure that he wouldn't either, but Bazemore, I think it's pretty safe to see, uh, for me to say that I think Bazemore is going to handle it well and probably already has, as we saw the way he played in this game, whereas Prince, it would have been a little bit more volatile potentially just because of the fact that he's a young guy, he's part of your future. And that's, it's, it's, it's just a bigger case to make, um, when, you, when you're talking about moving a guy out of the lineup that you want to have long-term. You know, Bazemore is not someone who I think is going to be on the team in three, four years based on his contract and all that fun stuff. But for now, um, he's a better player. So it's very interesting to talk about that. Also, I think there's this narrative out there that Bazemore's not been playing particularly well this year. He's not been, you know, amazing. But I will say, you know, even coming into the night where he had a very good game here, and we'll talk more, more about that later. Bazemore, his numbers are basically identical or always close to it um, versus last year on a permanent basis. He's better on shooting twos this season and worse on threes. And he has a lower assist rate, but that's basically just a lot of uh, Trey Young taking his assists and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of a situation where Bazemore's just been the same guy he's always been, a quality two-way wing. He's not the most flashy guy in the world, but that's something you just have to say. And I think he's just been fine in the way that he always is. I also said some. I I also saw some people talking about this as like a as a as a tanking move, which which I thought was hilarious. The team had just lost ten straight games. They didn't need to make a tanking move. That's not what this is. I'll tell you that right now. I think the team is worse without Bazemore on the court. But with that said, that's not why you do this. You know, Pierce talked about just getting combinations. He wants to have more um, opportunities to see different different lineups and stuff like that. And honestly, the big thing for me is that there really is no other place to do this kind of move. Um, you know, at point guard, I know there's been a lot made of uh, Young and Lynn. Uh, Pierce was actually asked later on in the same availability if there was any consideration to benching Young, and he said that they were just not there, honestly. And the fact that the staff has basically considered any possible change, like that, that includes Young, I'm sure that includes Collins and Pier- and Prince and Deadman. Uh, he, you know, he, he didn't say, he didn't say specifically, but they considered everything, and that's just one of those things where they're um, they're at the situation now where. This is the move that they decided to execute, and that's just kind of where they are at this point in time. Um, sort of as a roundup here, I'm okay with this. I don't think that you know it makes you better necessarily. Take your best player, at least someone who I think is your best player, at least on a, on a very short list, alongside maybe Collins um, as your best player on the roster right now. Taking Miles Turner doesn't, doesn't make a ton of sense naturally, but I, I'm actually okay with the with the fact that. You know, it's been explained the way it's been explained. I think reading between the lines, just how often professionalism was mentioned and the way that Bates handled it and all that stuff, I think that part of this calculation, at least in my opinion, this is my opinion, no one said this to me out loud, I'm just sort of reading between the lines here, that I think part of this is that they know Bazemore can handle this kind of move and they wanted to do something. Um, change it up, you, you, you lose 10 in a row and nothing's off the table. But, you know, if it wasn't going to be point guard and I thought it was never going to be point guard, that's just something that I've thought and, um, you know, had heard, um, you know, off the record stuff, all that fun stuff. Just I never thought it was going to be Trey Young being benched. Uh, I mean, maybe that maybe that will happen at some point. I'd be pretty surprised. I think it would take a lot of time of Young struggling mightily for that to happen. Whereas Bazemore, this is just an easier move um, with the way that he's uh, he's already handling it and the way that they that they I'm sure they knew that he would. So. It's definitely weird to see the guy who I think is either the best player or the second best player on this roster to be not starting anymore, but at the same time, uh, Bazemore still played starter-level minutes in this game. We'll see that probably moving forward as well. So uh, one more thing to hit on before lineup-wise, and we'll come back to the game itself. Uh, Pierce was actually asked about two-point guard lineups also in the in the midst of the pregame availability. That's been a big talking point recently with the way that Lynn has been playing to play young, Lynn and Young more. And uh, not surprisingly to me, but I know I wanted to pass this along, is that you know Pierce lead on the fact that defensively that's that's the biggest concern with playing those guys together. Um, he still he did say that you could see it in certain certain matchups, but it's just sort of um, 
read between the lines there and also just listening to the way that Pierce described that, you know, d- defensively, it's just tough, I think, w- for the Hawks to play those guys together a lot. He mentioned sp- specifically the last game against Boston, but just even moving forward, we saw a little bit of that on this night. I think a lot of nights we're going to see it up for one or two stints together. But there's sort of a cap on usage with that particular group, considering I know Lynn is actually someone who's a little bit bigger than you might think. At point guard, he's probably like a legit 6'3", 6'4". And as a result of that, he can sort of hold up a little bit better than you would think against twos. With that said, playing those two guys together against most lineups in the NBA is not going to be great defensively. You know, Most of that's young, frankly. It's not really a Lynn consideration. But at the same time, the other shooting guards on the roster, whether it be Bazemore or Bembry, I mean, Herter, I guess you could probably make the argument that Lynn might be a better defender than Herter right now, but at the very least, Herter is more athletic and longer and just bigger than Lynn. You know, Lynn might be stronger right now, considering the way that Herter has got to put some weight on, but at the very least, you want more length on the floor, I think, defensively, so that's the biggest concern. Pierce said that um, out loud today. I know it's something that I've been saying and kind of getting a lot of pushback on from certain, from certain people, but... It's not just me talking out of the side of my mouth. I know that's why the Hawks were not um, playing those guys more and more together. What's going to happen every once in a while, and we'll see that. We saw that tonight. I think it wouldn't surprise me if it was like once a game, maybe twice a game. You'll see that lineup for a little while. But Pierce did say just candidly that that's sort of the reason why they don't want to do that more often is because of the defense, and that's basically the biggest concern there. So with all that said, Bazemore, um, for a while now, I think he's going to be coming off the bench. And uh, sort of as a bridge to talk about the rest of this game, I wanted to play, play you some audio sort of after this game. Obviously, we'll talk about this in a minute, but Kent, Kent Bazemore was fantastic in this game. He made the game winner. That was a big sort of, uh, I guess, cherry on top of the entire craziness of the day, of the lineup change, all that fun stuff, was that Bazemore was very, very good in this game. And after the game, Lloyd Pierce was walking into his press conference, and uh, he immediately started talking about Bazemore. So th- this was the first word that Lloyd Pierce said and sitting down at the, at the podium, and uh, he went on from there. Hope all your questions tonight are about Baysmore. <laughs> they deserved it. You know, I, I think uh, I just told the guys, basketball guys rewarded sacrifice. He's <clears throat> giving up that starting spot and, and being a, a team guy and a professional for him to uh, make the game win a basket. That, that's really that's what it's about. You know, I, I thought he had one of probably his best game of the year. Um, he just played smart. He was aggressive right from the start. Made the plays he needed to be, competed defensively, and for him to get the game-winning drive, um, you know, after coming off the bench for the first time, is, is really a testament to who he is as a professional. So I know the audio is not great there, but I hope you get the gist of that. There's a lot of praise for Kent Bazemore, and uh, rightly so. Obviously, we'll go we'll go down the, uh, the entire list of the game and all, all, the, all that transpired here, but he made the game winner with five seconds to go, and uh, you know that was ca- capped off by a nice defensive play from John Collins uh, with a block on Kemba Walker to preserve the one-point win. So uh, obviously you heard the, uh, the, pl- the pleased nature of Lloyd Pierce talking about Kent Bazemore, who we'll talk about more later, but um, that was sort of the capper of the game and uh, sort of a full-circle effect after the starting lineup change. So with that said, we'll go back to the top of the game and talk about as we always do the uh, all that transpired here the first quarter was actually kind of ugly for the Hawks defensively, which is worth pointing out. You know, after that, they actually played pretty well defensively, which we'll talk about at the end of this. But um, the first uh, first quarter was not great. There was an early timeout from Lloyd Pierce after an 8-3 run from the Hornets. Um, a pretty um, not not too early on the subs. Actually, worth pointing out that um, it was actually Bazemore, Spellman, and Lynn coming in first as the first subs. It's the first time in a while that it wasn't Jeremy Lynn first, and that kind of made sense given the way that Trey Young was actually making some shots early in this game. But that, they came, they came in about five minutes in. Young actually started um, the last six games was one of 25, one of 25 from three over a uh, six game period. This game, he uh, was a little bit hotter than he was uh, early than he was late. You know, he he finished four of 10, which is um, obviously something that you're definitely okay with. 40% from three is great, um, but I will say it was a little bit cooler late in the game. Just worth pointing that out. 
There was a a 10-3 run by Charlotte uh, in the first quarter. They pushed the lead to 10. And all told from the Hornets, they had a 160 offensive rating uh, against the Hawks. They shot 62% from the floor and 7-11 from three in the first quarter. That was the roughest portion of the game defensively for the Hawks, who actually played well after that. But even with some good offense in the first quarter, the Hawks scored uh, 32 points, I should say, in the first quarter. We're still down 11 as a result of that uh, ugly uh, defensive performance. Um, I will say, though, there was a nice 11-0 run in the second quarter from the Hawks. It could kind of climb back into the game from there. It was basically all back and forth the the rest of the game. Uh, Bembry played played very well in the first half with 10 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists at the halftime break. Bays was really good in the first half as well. The defense was uh, much, much better in the second quarter as the Hornets were 8-25 of from the floor in the period. It was a really good offensive half for the Hawks. You know, they played well this entire game, especially in the first half. I thought they played great offensively, and we'll talk about more about, more about that later. But some really nice shooting from the Hawks in the first half. Um, early in the third quarter, the Hawks were down by ten, uh, but they actually got, got it back to, back back down to one in a hurry with a trio of threes from from Trey Young, Torian Prince, and Kevin Herter, almost back to back to back to get down within uh, to get, to get down uh, by only one point early in the third quarter. There was a nice alley-oop from, from Young to Collins, and the Hawks actually took, took the lead with a, with a five point run, w- which included a three from Jeremy Lin and a tip in from Collins as well. The Hawks had 100 points through three quarters, which is great offense, obviously. 58% from the floor at that point in time, 48% from three. It wasn't as great in the fourth quarter, but the defense kind of bailed them out to a certain extent there. The Hawks led early in the fourth quarter, but Malik Monk, who was great in this game for Charlotte, hit a three to take the lead there. There was a lot of back and forth um, from that from that point forward. Trey Young took an absolutely outrageous three, which we'll talk about a little bit more, I guess, probably when we get to him, but... About about a 30-footer, uh, maybe a 32, 33-footer if you go by the box score in transition. It was pretty pretty crazy shot from Trey Young. I will say, just wanted to at least say that out loud. Um, did have he did he did have John Collins in good position to rebound that game to rebound that shot if you want to be optimistic. But that was a bad shot from Trey Young in my opinion. Uh, with that said. The Hawks scored six straight to go up by five with about five minutes to go. From there, it was a lot of back and forth again. You know, uh, another another Monk three-pointer, a Kemba jumper to tie it. Kemba Walker then hit a three to put Charlotte up by one. Um, actually had a step back later on to take the lead with 48 seconds to go. Trey Young um, actually missed a layup, which people have kind of forgotten about at this point because of the way that the game ended with a win. But Young missed a really point-blank layup. Within the, within the final minute, um, but for, from there though they got the Hawks got to stop. Bays gets the game winner off the uh, off the bounce going to his left. It was a nice attack from Baysmore, a nice finish. Um, and and uh, on the other end of the floor, Collins blocks the Kemba Walker uh, floater. Kemba wanted a foul. It was not a foul, honestly. I mean, I, I guess it would have been a, a terribly shocking development if that was called a foul, given the way that Kemba is uh, a star a star level player. But Collins made a nice play on that ball. As a result, the Hawks escape with a victory. Um, just, and by, by the way, worth pointing out that um, both Amari Spellman and John Collins played, played center in this game for uh, large stretches. It was Collins, Collins at center to end the game, and I had no problem with that. Number one, I, I never had a problem with Collins playing center. But number two, Devin was not great in this game at all, and Lennon was just kind of um, someone who was definitely in a pure backup role in this game. So Collins closing at center was not hugely surprising to me, but something I at least wanted to point out and uh, say out loud. Um, last thing here, um, from the second quarter to the fourth quarter, after that ugly first quarter of defense for the Hawks, the Hornets shot 39% from the floor and 32% from three. That's a very, very good defensive performance from, from Atlanta. A lot of that was shot making. You know, Kemba Walker, had nice moments in the fourth quarter. He was still 7 of 23, so that was uh, some ugly stuff from him. But the Hawks did a pretty good job defensively on the whole after the first quarter, and that's uh, that sort of allowed them to win this game. Uh, we'll come back here in a moment to talk about more the, about the individual players in this game, but I do want to take a moment to remind everyone to subscribe to the podcast. It'll be huge if you guys will we'll, we'll go ahead and do that now. I know everybody, uh, I know a lot of us have already done that, which I really appreciate, but please leave five star feedback if you like the podcast. Please tell your friends. Check out the entire Lockdown Podcast Network. And after the short break, we'll come back and talk about the players in this game. 
Okay, and we're back to talk about the individual players in this game. We'll just start at the top here with, with the starters. In this game, actually went quite well um, for the most part. John Collins was great in this game. 23 points, 11 rebounds, and 4 assists. It was a career-high 23 points for John Collins. Um, I actually was kind of surprised by that. He only reached 21 a couple times last year. It's kind of easy to forget that he was not a huge part of the rotation. I know he was playing a lot last year at times, but you know, for most of the season, he was not a full-time kind of you know, starter level player in terms of playing time. So I guess it's probably easy to forget that, but this is a career high for him in 30 minutes. He played very well in this game on both ends of the floor. His impact cannot be overstated in terms of just the, the upgrade from the other power forwards to him at this point in time. Something we talked about a lot on the podcast when he wasn't playing. And now that he's back, it just cannot be it cannot be ignored uh, that Collins is just just uh, he's he's a lot better than the other guys at, at the at the position defensively. Had a couple of nice moments, especially uh, later on in the game. Uh, a couple of uh, really good defensive plays against Kemba Walker. Not not just the final possession. There was one play where Kemba got the best of him uh, with with about forty five seconds to go when Kemba sort of shook him for a jump shot. But that's going to happen. Kemba Walker is awesome. Um, so you know Collins played very well on both ends of the floor in this game. And just shouts to him. I think he might have been the best player on the court. I mean it was it's between him and Baysmore for that honor. In this game, but Collins was very, very good, and uh, that's a good that's a good sign for the Hawks moving forward. Uh, Torian Prince, 33, 33 minutes, actually had to lead the team. 5 of 13 from the floor, 3 of 8 from 3. He had 16 points, 1 rebound, no assists, no steals, no blocks. That's a pretty uh, pretty good pretty good uh, indication of what Torian Prince actually is right now, is that he doesn't really bring anything else to the table for the most part. Um, his rebounding is just honestly bad. I mean, I, I remain stunned by how, how bad of a rebounder that he is at this point in time. With that said, he did make some shots in this game. I thought he played, his defense was a little bit better. I panned him widely um, earlier in the week, so if you guys missed that, um, just go back and listen to that podcast against Boston. I thought he was, I thought he was terrible in that game. He was uh, he was better here, obviously. Um, you know, his shot making was not great, but at the end of the day, you get to the line, make your threes, and you're you're okay with five of thirteen if uh, every once in a while. So you know, he doesn't really make a whole lot of impact otherwise. But I thought he was at least passable defensively for at least part, at least portions of this game. He's got to be better defensively. That's kind of it's kind of an overarching theme for him. But he was okay for the most part overall. Uh, I mentioned before, Devin really struggled in this game. I think he was probably the only guy on the roster that I would say played below average, but for their for their capabilities in this game, two points, two rebounds. Sorry, two point three rebounds and two assists to go along with the steal. And 20, 22 minutes, he was he did not shoot the ball well. Only only one of four, oh, oh, 02 from three. I think Deadman, um probably needs to be a little bit more involved um, than he lets himself be. I wish he would actually shoot the ball more, but the utility there has just not been great as, as a jump shooter, and I think he was just sort of passive on defense, which, which he can't afford to be, so it was just not a great not a great game for Deadman. I'm, I'm a fan of his game, but he wasn't good in this spot. Uh, Kevin Herter, pretty pretty anonymous game from him as well. Four points, five assists, which is very encouraging, I will say. Three rebounds and two steals for Herter. Only two shot attempts, made his only three-point attempt. I wish he'd be more aggressive. That's, some, that's something I've said about him almost every game this season, but I, I wish Herter was more aggressive with the ball in his hands but he does play good defense in terms of position and stuff every once in a while he'll have a rookie mistake or two but I think his effort's good and uh, for the most part he just needs to play with more force more aggression but other than that I think he actually played relatively decently in this game although he was he was pretty quiet overall uh, last but not least in the starting five is Trey Young 18 points five assists two steals Five turnovers for Young, six of eighteen from the floor, four of ten from three. Uh, the shooting is kind of what it is. Six of eighteen is not going to get it done most nights. It was not terribly inefficient because of the three because of the threes in this game, and still not great at all. You know, one point one point per shot is not what you want to see from Trey Young. His passing was uh, okay. Uh, you know, a couple a couple of bad turnovers in this game. I thought he was he's actually kind of struggled after the first quarter for a while there. His shooting it was good to see him sort of break out a little bit. Obviously, I mentioned before he was one of twenty five one of one of one of twenty five over six games from three. That was never going to continue, so I wasn't terribly worried about it to that level. But four of ten is fine. 
I think he started out like three of five, though, somewhere in there. So uh, it was kind of cool we're in the second half. But I thought Young defensively should be lauded a little bit in this game. You know, he's not going to be great defensively at any point in the season, but I think that was it was one of his better defensive games of the season. He gave, he gave good good effort. He actually uh, took the challenge on of guarding Kemba Walker and played pretty decently in that matchup, honestly, and did the same against uh, Devontae Graham and others. So good to see Trey at least competing defensively. Obviously, there are going to be times where he's bad defensively, but this is, a, this is a game where he actually was at least good by his standards to be sure and at least you know pretty pretty passable pretty solid for the most part um, defensively to the bench we go and another, the other uh, career high in this game was actually DeAndre, DeAndre Bembry 16 points 6 assists 6 rebounds for Bembry he was very very good here so 7 of 10 from the floor 2 of 3 from 3 took one bad shot that I thought early in the game actually uh, maybe it wasn't early in the game I think it might have been, might have been in the third quarter actually but it took sort of an off the dribble step back 3 which was uh, interesting for him to do I will say but other than that I think he played very well Defensively, he keeps being lauded for his energy from the coaching staff, and that that really starts with his defense. You know, every once in a while, I wish he would finish better, but it's one of those things where Bembry just played a, sort of a, sort of a complete game here. I thought he played I thought he played very well, and the Hawks don't win this game without him. So just that, that's worth pointing out, and, and the career high is sort of the chair on top for that. Amar Spellman, thirteen minutes, didn't play. Very well, in my opinion. Did have a couple of nice moments, though. Had three block shots, five points, four rebounds. I thought he was just okay. There were, it was sort of the entire Amari Spellman spectrum. He had a couple of very, very nice highlight-level plays. Also had a couple of really, really frustrating moments defensively and on the glass. So you kind of see that every once in a while from him. I thought he was... He was he was okay but for his standards. I will say, you know, out of the 10 guys that played in this game, he was the worst of the 10. But, you know, that's one of those things that that's going to happen every once in a while. And Spillman just needs to have more and more time. I'm okay playing him. Uh, he played some center in this game, which I, I'm actually on board with. I wouldn't be pairing him with Torian Prince, which is what happened in this game. That front court defensively just is not tenable right now. But I'm okay trying it in certain samples. Um, but Spellman played okay for, for him. At least had some nice moments to go along with the moments that, you, that sort of make you scratch your head a little bit. Alex Lynn, 15 minutes. I thought he could play. He's probably going to play a little bit more in this game, honestly, but did have four fouls, uh, eight points, four rebounds. He was okay. Made a nice quarter three at one point. Didn't make any uh, any, any sort of um, wildly impressive plays or wildly frustrating play, which is nice from Alex Lynn, honestly, every once in a while, is that he's usually pretty hot and cold. In this game, he was kind of pretty steady, which is okay. And that's nice to see from him every once in a while. Last but not least, uh, the last two guys here, Jeremy Lin, 12 points, 4 rebounds. Sorry, 12 points, 3 rebounds, and 4 assists, and 5 turnovers for Lin. He struggled a little bit in the first quarter, I thought. Um, it was good to see uh, good to see him bounce back from that, I will say, because Lin um, had a couple of nice moments in the second half especially. I thought defensively he gave good effort and really kind of puzzled Kimba Walker at times in the second half. You know, those guys played together for a while, so I think um, you know Lin's probably uniquely equipped to deal with Kimba Walker, but he was uh, using his physicality there, his positioning. He's very good and when he's able to lock in like that, and I I think he, as we've been saying for a couple of weeks now, he looks like he's healthy and all the way back. First quarter, first half wasn't uh, fantastic offensively, and the five turnovers kind of sting you a little bit. But it's a very, very solid across the board night from Jeremy Lin. And uh, finally, Kent Bazemore was great in this game: twenty points, five assists, four rebounds. You heard uh, before on the audio that Lloyd Pierce thought it might have, been, might have been his best game of the season. I'm not sure about that, but it was certainly on the very, very short list of the top two or three games for Bazemore this season. So, uh, Nine of eleven from the floor, two of three from three. In addition to the game winner, his defense was good. You know, I'll, I'll always praise Bazemore when he, when he plays well. He was very good in this game. It's sort of uh, Almost, almost self-explanatory, but to see him play that well after um, all the stuff pregame and all the role change, all that stuff, it uh, definitely showed some leadership there, showed some uh, resiliency. 
We'll see how he plays moving forward in this reserve role. Uh, definitely worth monitoring. And obviously, he closed this game considering he was the game winner um, in this spot. Only played 20, 25 minutes, so maybe that's maybe that's the sidebar of him not playing in starters lineup. Uh, starting lineup is that he won't play quite as much. You know, Bazemore's been someone who's been a short list of guys who could probably play 30 minutes a night on this roster. He probably won't be doing that off the, off the bench, but somewhere in the 25, 27 minute range would not surprise me still in the reserve role. And we saw this again. He was closing because he's the best wing on the team still right now. So we'll see if that happens every single game. But I would not blow me away if, if uh, baseball were still closing regularly, even if it's just to stagger lineups and you get your best guys on the floor at the end. And that's uh, that, that certainly includes Kate Baysmore when you're trying to talk about winning games right now. So, with that said, uh, sort of a lot going on here defensively. Um, the numbers don't look great on the whole, a 120 defensive rating. But if you if you if you remove the first quarter, it was pretty darn good, honestly. Um, and you know, overall, the defense was wasn't terrible. The first quarter was terrible, but there were nice moments after that, and that's something to, to take solace in. Offensively, the Hawks were great in this game, really from start to finish. A 121 offensive rating. 53% um, from the floor, 41% from three. Uh, the only thing I can quibble with was the lack of uh, second chance points and that kind of stuff. But honestly, 63% true shooting, 15 turnovers is just fine for this team. They just played great offensively in this game. You know, Charlotte's not, you know, incredible defensively, but they, they, they had all their guys in this spot. They were they were okay for the most part. The Hawks just kind of out-executed out them a lot of the time um, offensively. That was good to see uh, from a team that has not played particularly well offensively all season long. They've really been one of the worst in the league, if not the worst in the league offensively this season. And to have them stringing together a full 48 minutes of quality offense was uh, very, very encouraging. Um, so that'll wrap it up for, the, for today's podcast. And I'll wait a little bit, lo- little bit longer than I would normally at the beginning of the pod. Uh, but at the same time, it was sort of a sort of a monumental occasion to have um, again, you know, one of your better players not no longer starting is something to uh, circle and talk about all that stuff. A lot of uh, good sound to hear back, to hear, hear back and listen to. I, I actually wish I could have played more sound for you guys. A lot of the pregame audio is not great, so I wanted to sort of at least try to explain what, what was said rather than try to share it in a uh, muffled form. But that's kind of what happens on this fine uh, podcast. So thank you for listening to the pod. As always, again, my apologies for my for my voice and my tone. I'm not feeling great. So hopefully this comes through the uh, comes through the audio that it's actually okay. But um, with that said, the Hawks are back in action on Tuesday. We, we will have another podcast for Tuesday morning. This is the Monday morning show. We'll have another, I plan to record with a guest. Hopefully that's going to come through on Monday night. That'll come. Um, that podcast will be out on Tuesday. If you want to get that podcast immediately, please, please, subscribe to the podcast follow me on twitter at bt roland follow the show on twitter at locked on hawks and we'll see you guys tomorrow